you have your Bibles tonight, or today, Psalm 119, 130. Now, if you know, Psalm 119 has got 176 verses to it. It's got a section for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So you'll notice it is divided into sections, and I don't know what kind of study Bible you have, but you'll notice it's there. Now notice, if you would, Psalm 119. You'll notice, if you would, Psalm 119, 128 through 134, 35. I want you to just notice. Look at verse 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts according concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. Now, I want you to notice There's a therefore at the beginning. Look at verse 27. Therefore, in verse 27, it refers up. It keeps going. Verse 26, it is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Okay? He's saying, Lord, uh, people have ignored your law. That's the day. People don't use God's word to live by. And he says, look, they've voided your law. So he says, verse 27, therefore, I love thy commandments. Because the world rejects the word of God, it ought to cause us to love it even more. Now, follow with me. Yea, above fine gold. Now, let me explain this to you. Just uh, all of us in this room, we have an operating system that we operate off of. Uh, Everybody in this room, many times, is what you were brought up with. if you were brought up to say yes, sir, and no, sir, uh, uh, your family, then it's sort of part of your DNA. If you were brought up to uh, uh, let a lady seat first, it's a part of your DNA. You've been trained that way. Um, if, if you've been brought up to always tell the truth, uh, because truth is important, um, if you've been brought up to put others before yourself, uh, those are things that all of us in this room, we operate by. In other words, there, there's training and teaching that we operate by. You got it from some place. If you got it from your parents, it could be right, it could be wrong. But if your parents got what they taught you from God's Word, that's the reason he says in verse 28, 128, therefore I esteem, I consider, I Lift up all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And, and folks, today, everybody in this room, you have to have a, a system where you have to have some uh, principles that you live by. Well, I don't ever want to be late. How many of you were taught to be on time? Let me see your hand. Okay? Um, that's a precept that you and I in this room realize that it's important for our lives to be on time. Uh, By the way, Tom Coughlin of the New York Giants won two Super Bowls, but uh, they didn't win until he got there. And so when he took over the team, one of the first rules he made, if you're not five minutes sitting in your seat before uh, we we come in to study film, uh, then you're late. 
and I'm going to find you. And so uh, these men that are multimillionaires would, would come in there and sit down whenever they wanted, and they're laughing and cutting up. And he said, you, you, and you, you're fine. You were, you were three minutes late. Coach, I was early. It's not, it's not uh, 9 o'clock yet. I told you if you weren't five minutes early, you're late. I want you to be on time. I want you to be ready, ready to go. You're sitting in your seat with your attention on, ready to go. I don't want to start at 9 and take five minutes to get everybody all ready to go. I want you to come five minutes early and be ready so when we get in here and start showing you films, start showing you what to do, that you're ready to go. Time is of the essence. And so Michael Strahan, how many of you know him? He's on television a lot. He didn't like it in the least bit. He said, but I just decided I'd do it, but it grated on me until we won our first Super Bowl because everybody did exactly what they were supposed to do. And I realized that his emphasis upon attention to detail, time, was important. And then we all fell in and we won another one. And why is that? Because he taught them to respect time. And so you and I have to understand the great, one of the greatest gifts that God's given to you and I is our time. I mean, nobody here gets more than 24 hours in a day. So you and I have to respect time. And you'll notice in Scripture, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there is a time too. So God has an appointed time for every one of us. We have an amount of time God's given to us. So we need to learn to respect time. In Ephesians, it says redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, The times that we used to sort of kind of be lazy or whatever, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to redeem that time, get it back. I'm going to start using the time that I have for the Lord's sake. And so in this passage, you and I have to understand that he says everything in God's Word I esteem to be right. So when God says, forgive your neighbor no matter what, that's right. I got to do it. If he says, put others before yourself, I got to do it. If you'll notice, take your Bible and turn to Matthew. I want you to see this verse, Matthew. Notice with me if you would. I want you to see Matthew chapter 5, if you would. Notice Matthew chapter 5. Look, if you would, verse 44. Verse 43, I'm sorry. You have heard. Now, now look very carefully. You have heard. What is that? That is not necessarily God's word. It could be. But what do you esteem to be right? I want to encourage all of us in this room to consider God's word to be right, to learn to live by it, to let these principles be the, uh, the framework with which you build your life. Well, notice he says in verse 43, you have heard that it's been said. Well, there's all kinds of things that you have heard that people have said that are not true. Uh, you'll remember the Pharisees said, you know, it's a gift if you are good to your family, uh, to your parents. It's a gift. You know, they, you, don't, you don't have to honor your parents. When the Bible said very clearly, you are to honor your parents, honor thy father and mother. Well, the Pharisees changed that over time to say, 
if you get benefit anything from me, that's a gift. And he said, look, you've changed the word of God to make it for your own good. Notice, if you would, verse 43, ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt, notice, love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. He said, look, uh, you've heard that's the, that's the way you live. It is a principle. Love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. You've got to hate your enemy. I think that same thing was taught in Jonah's day. He hated his enemy. And God said, I want you to go to your enemy and tell them I love them, want to save, save them. He said, I'll not do it. Why? He was operating off the wrong principles, off the wrong system. And so you and I have to determine what is right. And folks, one of the greatest gifts you can give your children is to determine in their own hearts, I'm going to use God's Word as my determining factor on what is right. What is right? Everybody in this room has got something that you use to determine what is right. So notice what he says. Uh, Look in this next verse. Uh, But I say unto you now, what is he saying? He's saying the words of God. He is God. I say unto you, love your enemies. Oh, my. Don't you know that was uh, a shock to every Jew? Notice what he says. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. This is a principle that we're to live by. It's very clear. These are the words of God. Notice what he says. Do good to them that hate you. Well, that's very difficult. Notice, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. All of us in this room, that is a hard thing to do, is genuinely pray for God to be good to somebody that doesn't like you, that's that's after you, mean to you. Notice, he said in verse number 46, for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? The Lord is trying to teach us how to live to earn the rewards of heaven. When we get there, the Lord says, I'm proud of you, and here's your reward. We can give it back to him and say, Lord, I I try to do what's right for your sake. Well, notice what he says. Do not even the publicans the same. Doesn't everybody love those that love them? That's the easy part, to love people that love you, people that are good to you, people that uh, fix you pies, the people that take you out to dinner, people that, that give you compliments, those people are easy to love. But what about the people that criticize you and, and are mean to you and are bad to you? Well, notice what he says uh, in, verse number, uh, in verse number 48. Be therefore perfect or mature. Grow up is what he's telling us. Grow up. Well, remember in verse 41, he had just told them another principle that nobody liked. Look at verse 41, uh, verse 40. And if any of men will sue thee at the law take, and take thy coat, let him have thy cloak also, okay? You be gracious even in a lawsuit. Now notice in verse 41, and whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile. Now you know the, the Roman law was that any time a Roman soldier was around, he could get a Jewish man to carry something for him up to one mile. So if he had... Uh, stuff that he had gone to the market with, and he had too much stuff, he could find a Jewish boy and say, hey, help me carry this, because he was a soldier. Um, I don't know about you, but if you've gone to the airport recently, a lot of times they'll say, if you're a soldier, you can load first. 
You can load at the beginning. How many of you have seen that? Okay. Uh, out of respect. Well, uh, the Romans said, you're going to respect my Roman soldiers. Uh, the, the Roman uh, consul and the Roman Caesar said, you're going to respect my soldiers. So if they ask you to do anything, you've got to do it for them up to one mile. So the Jewish men got so, they were so exacting. And folks, no Christian is to be exacting on other people. I'll forgive you if you forgive me. I'll be good to you if you're good to me. So they would pick up the, the bag of groceries or whatever it was, and they would start to count. And they would count 1,760 steps to a mile, roughly a, a, a yard as a step, or 2,000, whatever the number was, and they would count. And when they got to it, they'd drop it down and not look back, ignore the guy, look back, and I did what I was supposed to do. What the Lord is trying to teach us as his children is being exacting, doing only what you're supposed to do, does not affect the heart of the lost. It does not change people that don't like us. But folks, anytime we're good to people that don't like us, that doesn't make sense. That is the way you get to somebody's heart. Now, you can't do it to get. Um, you do it to give to the Lord's sake. It's a principle in all of our lives. It's important that we learn to give. It's important that we learn to forgive. Notice with me, if you would, uh, in, in verse number 37, uh, he says, but let your communication be yea, yea, and nay, nay, for what there is more than these. Uh, notice, cometh of evil. In other words, when you say something, let your word be your bond. So when you teach your children, if you promise somebody that you'll help them out when you get to school, do what you said. These are principles and guidelines for which Christians live that build our testimony, that make it where you and I are valued even by people that don't like us. Um, you'll notice, uh, take your Bible and turn, if you would, to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, if you would. 1 Peter, notice with me, if you would. Look in verse chapter, chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2. Look in verse number 9. He's just reminding us of who we are. But ye are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then he said, now let me show you how. Look down, if you would, in verse number 12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. So we're to have a truthful conversation, a truthful life. We're to say what we mean, mean what we say. Notice, whereas, that, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which shall they shall behold. So you and I have to be conscious that we do what's right in front of the world, the Gentiles. That's the way we build our testimony. But we can't do it just so that people see us. 
Somehow we have to take the next step in our soul, and you have to get your children to take the next step in their spirit to where they say, I want to make my bed so that mom's pleased with me or so that dad's pleased. I want to drive right so that my dad is pleased with me. It's not I want to drive right so if anybody sees me, they don't tell my dad something bad about me. There is a different mindset with a Christian when they say, I want to do this because... So we not only teach our children what to do, the principles to live by, but the why. And most people don't have those two things. I heard, and therefore I do. Notice, if you would, in verse number 15. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Notice, as free, you can do whatever you'd like to do but not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness as the servants of God. Because you can do things doesn't mean we ought to do them. Because Christ has set us free. You're on your way to heaven. That's never going to be taken back. You've been given the gift of eternal life. But don't use your liberty not to forgive somebody because you don't have to. That's Jonah's mindset. I don't have to go and preach to those people of Nineveh. I don't want them to be saved. And God said, yes, you do. But God didn't take away his salvation. He just took away his joy. And notice, if you would, in verse number 18, servants, be subject to your masters with all fear or all respect. So this could be taken, uh, employees, be subject to employers with all respect. Notice, not only to the good and gentle, that's the easy part. All of us, if you've got somebody around you that's hard to work with, uh, that's the one that God says, stand up and do what's right. Notice, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Now, the world would say, if somebody treats you bad, you you, you can treat them however you want to. Tit for tat's okay. That's not the principles of Scripture. And folks, I'm just picking a few of them out. But these are difficult ones that test a Christian's mettle. And it's not just did we, did, or were we good to somebody that wasn't good to us, but it's did we do it genuinely. Lord, I did that for your sake. I, I, I want to forgive them. Lord, I want to be good to them. Lord, I want to be a blessing to them. I want to for your sake. Folks, you've got to understand there is a deeper sense of purpose in a Christian's life. I want to become perfect. I want to become mature. But I want to become mature, Lord, like you. So that whenever uh, he was, I read it this, this morning, he was being crucified. He was being at the trial, and, and uh, Caiaphas was amazed. He said, he's not saying anything. Pilate was amazed. He's saying nothing. What's wrong with you? Everybody argues with us. Everybody says, I'm not guilty. But you're not guilty and you're not saying anything. Uh, He said, bring something here. And he washed his hands and said, I'm innocent of the blood of this innocent man. So Pilate knew he was innocent. He knew that the Pharisees had delivered him over because they were jealous of him. He even said it in Matthew 27. But They didn't operate by the principles that Jesus did. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He even gave them an excuse. Today, now follow with me 
in verse number 18. This is 1 Peter 2.18, the last part. But also to the forward, verse 19, for this is thankworthy. This is something the Lord Jesus can look at you and say, I'm thankful for you. If a man for conscience toward God, okay, there's another principle. Why do we do people good? For conscience toward God. Why do we forgive conscience toward God? Why do we make a pie for someone that's, that's struggling? Why do we take a meal to somebody for conscience toward God? Lord, I want to be good to them because of you. Folks, today, uh, learn the lesson. Now, uh, notice he says in, in verse number 19, uh, for conscience toward God, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. That is a challenge for every Christian. And we have to pray and say, Lord, how can I suffer through this righteously? Lord, help me to have the right spirit. Lord, help me to do it the right for your sake. Now flip back over to Psalm again, and I want you to see this. Notice what he says in verse number 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts. He left nothing out, every word of the word of God, all thy precepts, Concerning all things, I consider the world to be round, not flat. It was in the Scriptures, the circle of the earth, very clear. Notice, if you would, I therefore esteem all precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Compared to the Word of God, I'm going to love God's Word. I'm going to hate everything else that tries to compete with it. Now notice, if you would, verse 129. Thy testimonies are wonderful. Folks, there is where you and I have to ask the Lord to help us to get to the point where we look at every law of the Word of God and say it's wonderful. It's hard to do, but it's wonderful. I see the fruit that would come in my life if I do it. It's wonderful. Notice then, if you would, verse 130. The entrance of thy words. Now, let's pause just for a minute. What does it mean, the entrance of thy words? Well, it's to read it. But it's to consider it. It's to let it sink into your heart to where it gives, it enters your heart. It, notice he says, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. If you want to know how to please the Lord, this words of these words of God will give you the light to do it. And if you want to know what decisions you should make tomorrow, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. The word of God is the secret. And folks, today, everybody in this room, if we're not careful, we can operate by I heard. Remember, that's what he says, I heard. Uh, I, I, I've seen this. Experience is a great teacher. But the Word of God is the best teacher. It's the right teacher. I esteem all thy words above all things to be right. And then notice, if you would, look at verse 33. Order my steps in thy word. Uh, uh, this, this word to order is... Is, is, is a word to direct or make solid, to, to put my steps in a place to where I'm on f- firm ground. Now, 
God can't order our steps if we're not listening to his word. If we're not reading it, if we're not letting it enter our heart, there has to be an openness to the word of God. And folks, you and I, one of the reasons you're here, if you're a parent or a grandparent, is to teach your children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren how to, number one, accept God's Word as the principles they live by, and number two, how to take God's Word and incorporate it into their heart. If you teach a child to obey, you've given them a great gift because their whole life, That'll be a blessing to them. Obey your parents. Obey your teacher. Obey your boss. Obey those that are over you. It will give you credibility, a great testimony. That doesn't mean that we just blindly do something, but the idea is we try to understand. When we don't, we go ahead and accept it. Uh, like, like in 1 Peter chapter 2, it said, even to the forward, to the person that has no rhyme or reason to what he tells you to do. We do our best to honor them. And so today you'll notice here, he says, order my steps in thy word. And when we do that, it does not let iniquity have rule over us. Now, I don't know, one of my greatest desires is that no one in this room would be subject to sin. That sin would have you by the throat and you have, to, you have to curse when you get angry. You have to lie when you get in a tight spot. You have to lose your temper whenever uh, you don't like something. I want everybody in this room to be free from the power of sin. Let no sin have dominion. Notice he says here, let not any iniquity, anything that, uh, that uh, is vain or wicked, Anything that displeases the Lord, he says, notice, let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Let me be able to look at every sin and say, no, I'm not doing that. Give me the power to say no. Folks, that is without price. The ability to, no, no, I'm not doing that. That's not pleasing to the Lord, no. My parents said this, no, I'm not doing it. I can remember playing ball, uh, playing the neighborhood. I was all the time riding my bike over to the, uh, to the ball field and playing ball with a pickup game with all the different guys. We'd play and play and play. And, uh, uh, but my mom would say, you'd be home at 5.30. I didn't carry a watch. I didn't have a watch. I was a young kid eight years old, 10 years old, 12 years old. My mom would say, you be home at 5.30 for dinner or 6 for dinner. And so uh, that was in my mind. Now, how many of you know we try to start our services very promptly at, at 10 o'clock? How many have noticed that? Okay. I guess it's training of, now to think about this, every, if we're one minute late and there's three, 400 people in here, we just lost 300 minutes or 400 minutes. So I look at it as I don't want to waste 400 minutes of God's time that he's given to you. So I want to start everything on time. Well, I, uh, the, the principle was taught to me. I, I would check, I would check, 
I would check with somebody. Hey, somebody got to watch you. I got to watch. What time is it? Well, it's, it's 5, 5.47. Okay, I got 13 more minutes. Uh, okay, go back and play a couple more plays, three or four, five more plays. And then I go back and say, what time is it? Well, it's 5 till. Okay, I can play one more play, one more play. We have to get in there and play it. I got to go, guys. And I'd run, jump on my bike and race back uh, to try to get there and walk right in, look at the clock, you know, two minutes to six. And I said, Mom, I'm on time. And she said, thank you, son. And it was a thrill to my heart to honor my mother. And it's a thrill to my heart to say, Lord, I want to be ready to preach your word anytime you ask me. You called me, help me to be ready. Timeliness, godliness, obedience, forgiveness, simple principles from God's Word that cause you to order your steps and be able to look at sin and say, no, I'm not doing that. What a gift. Let's bow forward of prayer. Father, bless today. Give us the ability to say no to sin because we know what is right according to your word. Lord, bless our folks today. Bless our devotional time as of individuals that we can learn to walk with you. In your name we pray. Amen.